Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 15 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you're always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence where it counts. So listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you can benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And I thank you for tuning in because we lost to the freaking Packers again. And then thanks to the Chargers, who are doing us no favors, they lost to the Vikings, therefore officially eliminating our beloved from postseason play. So there will be no January football for our beloved Chicago Bears this year. So, uh, so yeah. So that's a double kick in the ball, speaking of blue chew, speaking of blue things or whatever. I don't know. Bad joke. I'm in a mood, so let's get this over with. It's the week 15 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Just when you thought it was safe to hope again, reality rears its ugly head. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week 15 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And just when you thought the Bears might be on to something that we might actually be able to pull this off uh, with, a, you know, going four and six and then winning out to uh, make a pl- run at the playoffs. And, you know, God knows that, uh, you know, we're not only are we going to win these games, we're going to get the help that we need. We're going to be the Eagles of the 2019 season the Eagles were also four and six last year before they went on their run at the end of the season to make the playoffs and end our season prematurely uh last year so why couldn't the Bears do it we're talented uh enough we got past our our roadblocks and our rough start we got things figured out and uh yeah then uh, we go up to uh Lambeau and all the progress that we made over the last three weeks and that that bumpy win over the Giants, that good-looking win over the Lions, and that outstanding-looking win over the Cowboys kind of all got erased because we went from being that team that could get off to a fast 
start or at least be solid in the beginning um, were stumbling and, and bumbling when, and it also did not happen did not help that we got zero breaks in this game I'll talk about that uh, at the end of our uh, final thoughts in the bear up and bear down uh, segment that I actually recorded yesterday uh, after the game but um, you know it just uh, couldn't catch any breaks the Cordero Patterson thing uh, the you know the Rogers fumble getting overturned even though I acknowledge his elbow was down but the call on the field was a fumble and a recovery by the Bears and you can't there's no refutable evidence to say the ball wasn't out you know I, I thought that's what the point of the replay was and uh, you know anyway an argument can be made at the very least I think I say that also in the last segment but nonetheless uh, you know we couldn't catch any breaks then we piled our own mistakes on top of it before you know it we're in a 21 to 3 hole that we could not dig ourselves out of I mean it actually it began with that Cordero Patterson uh, play that uh, dug us into a 7 to nothing hole that we never dug ourselves out of and the Bears never never led in this game we never even got close to doing so so it just uh, it was uh, it was no good so uh, anyway Let's go ahead and dive into it. Like I said, I'm in a mood and I want to get this over with. So first quarter knee-jerk reaction. Let's talk about where it went off the rails right away. The Cordero Patterson uh, hit or the kick-catch interference that wasn't a blown call and huge. Uh, and uh, it basically set the path or set the tone for the day that it was going to be Green Bay's day and not ours. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction. First quarter Bears-Packers not exactly going our way. Uh, there was a meme out earlier this week that showed uh, the, the caption was something like the, the I'm not worried about the offense. I'm not worried about the defense. I'm worried about these guys. And it was a picture of Aaron Rodgers with four referees. And that has come to fruition already uh, in this game on a uh, punt return for Green Bay. The returner does not make a fair catch signal. He catches the ball, then gets absolutely plowed by Cordell Patterson, who hit him properly. He didn't lead with his helmet, didn't hit helmet to helmet, or anything like that, but the receiver for kick-catch interference, or the flag for kick-catch interference was thrown, even though that didn't happen. He had plenty of time to catch the ball. The penalty infers that he got there too soon. He did not. Not only did he not get there too soon, he jarred the ball loose, and it was recovered by the Bears. Uh, Houston Carson uh, recovers it, but instead, because of the penalty, it was a 15-yard uh, penalty, so the, the Packers started with the football on their second drive at the 35-yard line of the Bears and were able to put that into the end zone for uh, a touchdown. So it's going to be tough enough for the Bears to win this game if the you know we can't beat them if the referees are going to help. So that certainly didn't look good. The offense... Apparently, the offensive line has chosen this week to be that week where they don't live up to expectations or don't play well. Because Kenny Clark already has a sack and a tackle for loss. I think my, David Montgomery might be minus 600 yards rushing so far uh, in the ball game uh, and everything like that. So if we're not going to be able to do anything on offense if the offensive line won't block. So if we get that figured out, then maybe we'll be able to move the chains and do some things on offense otherwise it's going to be an uphill battle right now it's only seven nothing green bay's got the football they're in chicago territory we'll see how it goes from here 
So a week after one of the better performances from our offensive line right out of the gate, it was like the Thursday night game all over again where, where Green Bay looked like they were going to be indestructible uh, on, on, uh, on defense. They're, you know, shooting the gaps and playing most of the game on our side of the line of scrimmage. Like I said, Kenny Clark was a beast, uh, especially in that first quarter. He was a nuisance throughout the game. But he was definitely – he got off to a hot start and set a tone uh, for the defense. I mean, remember uh, when talking to Evan Western, listen to any of the national pundits, the – you know, the, in two games against the Bears, the Green Bay Packers have, like, the best run defense in football. In the other 12 games against everybody else, they are mediocre on the run – against the run at best. And we just got done running the football down the throats of the number eight defense in football 10 days ago. Uh, against the Cowboys and and now all of a sudden the offensive line can't block we can't get David Montgomery past the line of scrimmage the only person that's uh getting any headway running the ball is Tariq Cohen but that's on the rare occasion when we do uh try to run the ball I mean it's only because uh Cohen is 5'6 and he's squirting underneath everybody and I, I don't know it just we never got the running game going, which means we couldn't get the offense going, which meant the offense was struggling. And, and it, it got off to a you know a horrible start, and it was just like, here we go. It's week one all over again, except the defense wasn't as uh, suffocating and getting after Rodgers like they did uh, the first time around. That was the difference. Uh, they were able to make headway against the defense this time instead of being crushed under the weight of Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, and Roy Robertson Harris, and Eddie Goldman, and Groquan, and Trevathan, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, half the guys on that list weren't even playing uh, in this game for, for Pete's sake. So, you know, it just uh, it just did not start well. You know, we, we, we get, uh, like I said, it, it was going to be tough enough for the Bears to win this game uh, to begin with. We're not going to be able to win this game if the referees help them, and the referees definitely help them with that call against Cordell Patterson because it should have been bare ball. It should have been the Chicago Bears ball after DeAndre Houston Carson recovered the fumble for the legal hit that Cordell Patterson delivered uh, on, uh, I think it was Draymond Williams was the, was the punt returner. But, uh, you know, it was a clean hit. No leading with the head, uh, you know, hit him with the shoulder right in the middle of his chest. Had plenty of time to catch the football, but they threw the flag. And, you know, of, of uh, you know, for a year that that finally instituted being able to go back and challenge a penalty. It's moments like that that you wish you could challenge them all. You know, you really do. Or you wish that it was a challengeable play, because that is definitely one. I'm sure Nagy would have loved to throw the challenge flag on. Uh, so as much of a drag and a much of a pain in the ass as that would probably end up being that, uh, you know, penalties like that were challengeable and, and things like that. Uh, that was definitely a moment where you wish it was possible because the referees blew that call. They absolutely did. Uh, and you know, even, for, you know, the, the guy in the, in the official booth, uh, for Fox, the guys in the booth themselves were all like, you know, that's, that's not kit catch. Uh, interference it's not a defenseless player or uh, or whatever he had time to catch the ball and then he got plowed over by Cordero Patterson Patterson one of the best special teams players in all of football timed that just right he timed it just right that's why he's one of the best uh, if not the best uh, special teams player at least in the NFC 
so, you know, he got penalized for that. It, it, it would have been good field position for Green Bay uh, because they were getting the ball at midfield and you tack on the extra 15 yards and we're already in a hole and the defense couldn't stop them. They couldn't stop them. So uh, the second quarter was a little bit better. We actually got ourselves on the board, but of course that was before the offense let us down and had to settle for a field goal. But at halftime, it's a much more manageable game. So I sound a little bit happier going into halftime than I did at the end of the first quarter. Knee-jerk reaction, Bears-Packers second quarter. A little bit of a better second quarter for the Bears. We shut the Packers out, so no more points out of them. Um, missed a big opportunity on an interception for Kwiatkowski. Turned out to be a blessing in disguise because if he catches the interception, he starts with the ball somewhere inside the 20-yard line. That was a third down play. On fourth down, we stopped the Packers again and got the ball near midfield. So it was a 30-yard a, a difference in field position. So turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Would have been nice to see him pick off Rodgers, though. But um, the Bears put a decent drive together. Unfortunately, weren't able to close, and that's could be the difference between winning and losing today in the second half is being able to close on these drives because the Bears got in the red zone. Remember, we talked about that with Evan Western, our guest on uh, on the preview show, that the, from the 20 to 20, Packers defense not so sharp. In the red zone, that's where they get things done and they give up field goals instead of touchdowns. That's how the Packers have been winning ballgames this year. The Bears have to figure out a way to get that last 20 yards and put the ball in the end zone. We added a field goal from Eddie Pinero, make it 7-3. to three. Packers start with the football because we started with it at the beginning of the game. So we'll have to get a, get a defensive stop to see if the Bears can continue their third down, or excuse me, third quarter touchdown streak uh, in the second half. So feeling pretty good with where we're at. Wish that we had put a touchdown on the board to make it an even game, but I'll take 7-3 and three at halftime. <laughs> And I meant what I said there. I, I felt much better after the second quarter. The defense seemed to have settled down. Uh, you know, they weren't converting on third downs. They weren't making it look easy, kind of like they did for a bit there uh, in the first quarter. Our offense looked a little sharper. We moved the ball a little bit uh, better. We ended up having to settle for that field goal from uh, Panero to make it 7-3 instead of being able to close the driving mean, that ended up being the difference uh, in the game I, I said at the end or i will you'll hear me say at the end because i probably shouldn't record that segment on sunday anymore but uh for some reason i felt the need to do it yesterday uh but i say that the the packers scored three times the bears scored three times the difference being that all three scores for green bay for touchdowns and the bears in two of their three scores settled for field goals there's your difference right there and it, it just goes back to what I said there about Evan Western in our conversation during the preview is that 20 to 20 Green Bay has been but don't break when they, you know, or at least when they get into the red zone, that's where they don't break any. That's where they don't break. That's also where they stop bending. You know what I mean? So the Bears were able to move the ball. It was all about closing and Green Bay shut the door as far as getting in the end zone pretty much every time except for the one. So it just... Um, that was the tail of the tape uh, in the ball game. It also didn't help that we, you know, like I said, we piled on our own mistakes, throwing in some turnovers there uh, as well. So, but going into the second half, you know, we we've been on this streak for the last six, seven weeks where 
the third quarter is the best quarter that we play pretty much week in and week out. Uh, the difference being was that that was not the case this time. Instead, it was Green Bay that had the that came out, you know, guns blazing uh, in the third quarter. Was able to were able to actually put the points on the board that would actually win them uh, the football game. And the Bears were left scrambling and having to do it in the fourth quarter, where they have not been uh, succeeding as far as getting points and putting them on the board. Uh, they've been doing it recently, the last two weeks against the Cowboys and the uh, Lions, but not traditionally uh, throughout the 2019 uh, season. But, uh, you know, like I said, at the end of the second quarter, I felt better about where we were at. Going into the third quarter, I was optimistic because that's where we've kicked ass, especially in the second half uh, of the year. But um, that was not the case in the third quarter. I was a little preoccupied because of the play that ended uh, the third quarter was the Cordero Patterson uh, play where the referee called him out of bounds. Looked like there was a little bit of sliver uh, of green between his foot uh, and the sideline. And I guess I was I was didn't quite realize it was the last play of the third quarter and was kind of waiting to hear what was going to happen there. And then I was like, oh, wait, that was the end of the third quarter. I need to record a knee jerk reaction. <laughs> knee jerk reaction. Going to make this quick because I wasn't paying attention and realized it actually was the end of the third quarter because of the play that ended the third quarter. The Bears are down 21-3. to Apparently our defense thinks we have six games left in the schedule so we can afford uh, to lose this one because they're out there. The DBs are throwing shoulders into guys instead of wrapping up, and it's the Packers that are playing like their season is on the line. They're the ones that are out there making the twists and turns and doing the extra effort and all that uh, nonsense. We're down 21-3 to right now. The Bears... Uh, on their, I think it was either only their second or third drive of the third quarter. Um, on the end of the, the last play, it was a throw to Cordero Patterson, whose feet appeared to be in, but he was initially called incomplete. But here we, it would have been a first down, but I, I, here we are with the start of the fourth quarter. It looks like, it still looks like he catches it to me. So we'll see. <laughs> I think the only thing I like less than the actual call itself was Nagy not challenging it. Uh, we had gone for a challenge earlier in the quarter. It is escaping me what it was for, but we ended up, Oh, it was a, uh, it was a big pass play uh, for the Packers. Uh, Nagy had thought that the receiver uh, had stepped out of bounds and came back inbounds before catching uh, the football. That's against the rules. You can't do that. Unfortunately, he got close to the sideline but did not step out, so the Bears lost the challenge and a timeout. Nagy did not want to do that again, apparently. It was absolutely worth the risk uh, of doing it because if we challenge the play and we get it right, it's first and goal at the one. You know, And we punch that in, and it's a tw- at 21 to 10, it's a much different ball game. Uh, you know, especially with the way that we play. We, play, we were the better team in the fourth quarter. Quite frankly, we shut the Packers down uh, in the fourth quarter and were able to put 10 points uh, on the board. But uh, it wasn't enough. And, uh, yeah, just it was eh, so frustrating watching this game uh, on on Sunday, knowing that, uh, you know, we could beat this team for one reason or another. It just never lines up that we can actually pull it off. Uh, or that we end up pulling it off. We can do it. We just we just don't when it comes to 
uh, playing against Green Bay. They are our kryptonite, or have been for the last quarter century. And let me tell you, man, this shit's getting old, uh, losing to them and, and, you know, seeing graphics like Aaron Rodgers is 16-4 and four in this decade against the Bears. Oh, holy Christ. This is like that it's i know it's true it it's like it's we just uh, why is that why is that true you know it's like we started the yeah anyway it just uh yeah so the third quarter uh like i said the defense was was not playing like they had something to lose it was green bay that was playing with the grit and playing with that extra gear like their season was on the line, you know, and and basically all Green Bay is playing for at this point is trying to hang on to the to the number two seed. They're trying to hang on to the to the bye week, so they get a break uh, after after the uh, regular season ends, and that's what that's what they're playing for. They're in. They're in the playoffs. Period. They're in, and uh, you know, but the Bears' season literally on the line because it ended yesterday officially it's over uh we're done but we weren't playing like it not in the third quarter we didn't come out with the the brilliant second half adjustments where we, we looked uh, you know everything that we did kind of worked like magic and you know we're off and running and we put a touchdown on the board and blah 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 that did not happen it was green bay that rattled off two scoring drive bang bang right at the beginning and it went from a seven to three tight ball game to a 21 to three oh christ here we go uh, kind of situation and then Nagy doesn't challenge the play it's like it's like it just like does anybody does everybody not grasp how important this football game is I mean honestly we <laughs> the the season is on the line here uh, there, there was no it just didn't seem like in the third quarter there was any urgency that that might actually be possible and it, like I said the defense was aloof Nobody was wrapping up. DBs are trying to throw shoulders into guys instead of wrapping up and making tackles. And I don't know if it was just that uh, the Packers knew this about us and, and had studied that uh, and everything, but it's just like they were they were running through the tackles or, or the shoulder blocks or whatever you want to call them and getting extra yardage and turning what should have been a six-yard gain into a 20-plus yard gain and things like that throughout the uh, throughout the third quarter there. And before you know it, it's twenty-one to twenty-one to three, and we're in desperation mode here in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, in the fourth quarter, the Bears made a run at it. Uh, we made it exciting right up until the very last moment. But as usual, when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, we came up short. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction: fourth quarter, Bears-Packers, and uh, we made a ball game out of it uh, after we had an uncharacteristically weak and poorly played third quarter that's usually our quarter to shine the bears make all their noise in the fourth quarter and uh, they enter the quarter with a 21 to 3 uh deficit that play when the was not reviewed the bears didn't challenge it uh so it goes down as a field goal attempt for eddie panero instead of taking the challenge and going first and one at the first and goal at the one yard line if we challenge it and we succeed it's like what do we have to lose at this point it was worth the risk we didn't take the risk that was a mistake in the fourth quarter though we got the field goal from Panero we shut the Packers down uh, on offense they don't score any points in the fourth quarter we finally put a touchdown drive uh, together to make it 21 to 13 
And then here, just in the final moments, um, well, first of all, there was a back-breaking interception with about six minutes to go in the game. Uh, Mitch throws a pass that gets deflected by one of the defensive linemen that he just managed to bobble and hang on to for the interception. That was pretty much, that killed it. The Bears had momentum. They just, you know, shut down Rodgers and things were going our way. That kind of put a stop to it. And then we had to scratch and claw and work our way back to finally uh, get back into the ball game there. And uh, the last two play of the games, the last two plays of the game, heart-stopping. Uh, you know, somewhat of a Hail Mary attempt uh, from Mitch. Riley Ridley standing in the back of the end zone. If it doesn't get touched by the Packer defender, it flies right into Riley Ridley's hands. Instead, it gets deflected and falls innocently to the ground. And then on the last play, the Bears tried to do the, the 2018 Miami Dolphin against the Patriots play, where instead of going for the end zone again, we throw a short pass to Cohen, who advances it up uh, you know, about 10, 15 yards, pitches it back. He throws it to this guy. This guy gives it to whoever. Ends up in the hands of Jesper Horstead, who hangs on to the ball a little too long. And held on to the point he's being dragged down to the ground. Then he tries to get rid of it. The ball falls all over the place. Kind of discouraging not to see any of the Bears try to fall on it. But everyone knows the rule that you can't advance a fumble uh, in the fourth quarter. So the Packers fall on it. Clock struck zero. Bears lose 21-13. to um, Effectively ending the season. Uh, it would take a miracle now uh, for the Bears to uh, make the playoffs at this point. Like I said... If we could afford to lose a game, it would have been next week to an AFC team in the Chiefs, not this all-important divisional game uh, against uh, Green Bay. So we're 7-7, seven and seven, mathematically still in it, but pretty much it's over uh, at this point. And over would become a reality just a couple of hours later when the Vikings got done stomping a mud hole in, in the, uh, into the Chargers. 39-10, which... Um, Put the Bears three games behind Minnesota with two games left to play. So it just, that was it. That's it. Uh, the NFC is a little too top-heavy, uh, and the Bears are bottom dwellers uh, this year. We are guaranteed third place uh, in the division uh, this year. So that uh, means that most of our schedule is determined uh, for 2020. Uh, we get to play the Rams again next year. So we got Brad Motter coming back on the show to look forward to, I guess. Other than that, uh, it's the AFC South and the NFC South. Yeah, both South divisions next year. Um, so we got the Jaguars, the Colts, the uh, Titans, and Texans. And then, uh, we, you know, the Falcons, the Saints, uh, the Panthers, and Buccaneers. Uh, the Rams would be a same-place opponent once again. And then whoever finishes third in the NFC East, whether it be the, the Redskins or the Giants, both of which we beat this year, so I welcome either one uh, of those games, and that would be our schedule in 2020. So um, once they figure out who's, gonna, who's going to be the actual bottom dweller, we'll play the team just above them next year. But uh, I like that schedule, quite frankly. Uh, I think maybe we could have a bounce-back year. And uh, and I think I'm like I said I th I think I mentioned it with Evan Western. Actually, you know what? I talk about it in the next segment, <laughs> in the end segment with the Bears. So I'm not going to talk about it now. But uh, anyway, um, uh, 
To recap, anytime that you look on the stat sheet and see that Mitch threw the ball 53 times, not a good thing. Not a good thing. You know something did not go right if we had to rely on the pass that much. Not even so much have to rely on Mitch, who actually did not have that bad, who did not have a bad game. And I know that with Mitch, we're grading on a curve. We're looking at things objectively uh, when it comes to him. But, um, you know, 29 of 53, 334, one touchdown, two interceptions, and one of the two interceptions was the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. So it goes on the stat sheet, but it doesn't really count. You know, it, it shows up as a second interception, but it was a jump ball, and, you know, those things are going to end up either inter- there. You know, there's only three outcomes for that one, and more times than not, it's uh, – it's not going to be positive for the offense if you're doing the Hail Mary at the end of the uh, half uh, and whatnot. But, um, you know, anytime that Mitch has to throw the ball 53 times, the outcome has not been good. You know, the other chief example being uh, week six or seven, seven, week se- yeah, week seven against the Saints. He threw the ball 56 times, and we got murdered by the Saints. So, yeah. Usually not good. Mitch is throwing the ball better. He's playing better, but uh, still missed some throws. Like I, I saw a clip today on Twitter uh, that made me want to kill him uh, because it was the play to Cordell Patterson, uh, where Cordero, the you know, could have done a better job with his feet and staying in bounds uh, and everything. But as Mitch was rolling to his right, uh, Javon Wims uh, broke off his route and was wide open. Uh, in the end zone but Mitch had already lasered in on Cordero Patterson so he did not see Javon wide open in the in the end zone uh, there I forget who it was that posted the uh, clip so you guys could see it but it made me nuts when I did see it because it just you know the hindsight being 2020 and I've got the got the the benefit of looking at the the tape and everything but it's like how do you miss that guy being right there I mean he was wide open the defender was kind of stuck between Wims and Patterson. He goes with Patterson, and luckily for him, that's where Mitch went with the football. So that ended up working out, And but it would have been a touchdown. It would have been uh, a touchdown if he sees Javon uh, and throws it to him right in the, in the back of the end zone there. So, But like I said, it's ju- it was just one of those days where it didn't go out for us. It wasn't going to be our day, and we couldn't catch a break. So that's it. That is the game, and effectively, that is the season. We're 7-7. Seven and seven. we got two games left. Our game with the Chiefs stays on Sunday Night Football, and then we have the finale in Minnesota uh, against the Vikings. So, uh, yeah, should be, uh, should be interesting to see how the team comes out and, um, and everything else. So the Bears lose to Green Bay. We are swept in 2019. What's that, like the third time? Third time in four years at least. Yeah, third time in four years. Because 2015, we split. 2016, we were swept. 2017, we were swept. 2018, we split, even though we should have swept them. 2019, we got swept again. So is that four out of five? 16, 17, 18, 19. No, that's three out of four. So hooray, three out of four. And we end the decade, I think. uh, And I was wondering why it was an odd number of games, even though this is the second meeting. Uh, of the season and I was forgetting that they were counting the NFC championship game 
where the Packers beat us in 2010. So that would be 17 and four against Green Bay in this stinking decade. So I'm happy to see this decade go, and hopefully the 2020s will be a much nicer to us in this rivalry uh, going forward. So because I think that uh, even though we are a pretty lousy football team throughout uh, this decade with the uh, with the Tressmans and the Foxes and whatnot. Um, I think that uh, our record against Detroit and Minnesota is much more favorable uh, than it was against Green Bay. Green Bay was that game that we just couldn't win no matter what. So hopefully that will change in 2020 and going forward and the new decade, a new decade, new me kind of thing when it comes to the Bears-Packers rivalry. Wouldn't that be something? So um, anyway, we dropped uh, that one. Uh, ending our three-game uh, winning streak, fall to 7-7, seven and seven, and we're eliminated from the playoffs thanks to the Vikings' uh, victory. So anyway, what do you say we go ahead and uh, wrap this bad boy up? Final thoughts, bear up and bear down. Final thoughts, bear up and bear down for the week 15 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And I think, you know, guys, it just it it just wasn't meant to be today because the Bears just um, we just could not catch a break no matter what it was, uh, you know, starting with the bad call on Cordero Patterson, the kick catch uh, interference that was bogus. I mean, you even have the 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 referee uh the or the official specialist for for fox saying that it was a bad call the ball got there then patterson makes the hit the ball gets jarred loose the bears recover it i mean that's that's pivotal right there i mean that call being reversed and going against the bear or the not that call not being reversed and that call going against the bears is what led to green bay's first touchdown drive you know that's why we're down seven to three in the in the at, at the halftime not not because the the defense. I mean, the defense was stuck on a short field. The Packers start at their own thirty-five uh, on that drive. I mean, it's just you know. But you go from that to Patterson being called out of bounds when, and and we didn't challenge it, uh, which was another mistake. It was worth the risk, in my opinion. I mentioned that in the knee-jerk reaction. Uh, the Rodgers fumble uh, getting overturned. Now I admit the elbow was down. But, you know, you couldn't see, like, the the call on the field was a fumble with a recovery by the Bears. That was the call on the field. And and usually what you're supposed to, the, the, the guideline you're supposed to go with is, you know, uh, you know un- indisputable visual or video evidence of the contrary. Now, the arm was covered, like the, the ball or whatever was covered, so you couldn't see for sure that the ball wasn't moving you know there was no irrefutable evidence now i know i'm biased and i'm 100 percent bears on 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 this one but you know that could i mean you the case could be made that the call should stand and of course today wasn't the day for that call uh to go uh in our favor that interception that uh that mitch threw right into the defensive lineman's hands any other day that ball just gets batted down this week, he managed to bobble it three times before he finally comes down uh, with the uh, the interception. 
that screenplay uh, the Bears had, I think, in the third quarter. It was set up perfectly. Uh, it gets off to David Montgomery, who gets a nice chunk of yardage with it, only to find out that one of the linemen was downfield too soon. Uh, so, I mean, it's just one thing after another. It just wasn't our day. You know, we didn't do ourselves any favors uh, by making mistakes on top of it. You know, the like the said, like uh, it, it just wasn't our day. A Mitch throwing the interception, but B on you know, like I said, nine times out of ten, that's a ball that gets batted up into the air and falls innocently to the ground, or just gets batted down, or or, or what have you. Today, it was a ball that kind of stuck, and and you know, he was able to come uh, come down with it. You know, we made our own mistakes on top of the breaks we weren't getting. So it just it just clearly wasn't meant to be. It just clearly wasn't going to be uh, our day. Um, So what does that mean uh, going forward? What I would like to see, and I'm actually recording this on Sunday night, kind of getting you a knee jerk reaction of the bear ups and bear downs and stuff like that. Um, But I think that we should put Akeem Hicks back on IR. Uh, he left the game twice nursing that uh, elbow of his. And now that the season is officially over, I just think that we'd be uh, setting him up to further damage himself uh, going into the offseason. Let's shut him down. Uh, let's officially put Danny Trevathan on IR and shut him down. Let's uh, shut down uh, Bobby Massey with that high ankle sprain and Taylor Gabriel. Shut them down. It's all about 2020 now, and we need these guys healthy. Uh, if we're going to stick with all, I mean, obviously, Akeem is coming back. Obviously, we, you know, we don't know what's going on with Danny Trevathan yet. There's rumors about what could happen with Massey and Gabriel and, and like their cap hits maybe being minimal so they don't make it onto the roster next year. But it's not worth the uh, it's not worth the risk. And if they are part of the Bears plans for 2020, then what's the use in putting them out there in meaningless football games? Let's. Let's shut them down for for the last two games uh, of the year and have them get as healthy as possible uh, as quickly uh, as possible. Uh, let's see what we have. Uh, let, we, we should treat these next two games uh, like preseason games, uh, games that we're trying to win, but meaningless just the same. Uh, use them to use them to see what we have in guys like Jesper Horstead. Make him a bigger part of the uh, game plan. Riley Ridley. Um, you know, with Javon Wims still kind of hampered with the knee injury. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, if in my opinion, should be shut down for the remainder of the season. Riley Ridley should have a bigger part uh, in the uh, in the off on, in the offense. And uh, let's see what the like the new players that we picked up. That tight end uh, Saubert, uh, that offensive guard Corey Levin. See me see what we got uh, in those guys. You know, Rashad Coward has not been good uh, the last, uh, or he was terrible against Green Bay. Uh, I mean, Kenny Clark took him to school. James Daniels, too. Good God. Boy, the offensive line was bad. Um, so, but let's see what we got uh, going on there. Let's, uh, let's mix it up. And, um, you know, you never know. With the, the pressure of clawing and scratching for a playoff berth now gone, maybe this is a team that, that, that plays with a bit more energy, that, that plays with loose, that they're, they're looking to, you know, we're, we're, we're ruiners now. We're out there looking to ruin what's left of Kansas City's hopes for home field advantage or a first round bye. We're we're out here trying to uh, damage the abilities of the uh, of the the Vikings. Uh, you know, maybe just uh, bang them up a little bit in Week 17, so they're not 100 percent for whatever wild card game they're walking into 
uh, as well. So, I mean, because there's, there's actually still a chance the Vikings might not make the playoffs. It's just that their win over San Diego, San Diego, God damn it, over the L.A. Chargers uh, makes it impossible for the Bears to catch them now. So, you know, we're out there. We're, we're out to play the role of spoiler now. That's, that's the purpose and the, and the chief uh, concern uh, of this team. But let's play some of the uh, young guys, maybe try a few things we've never tried before. Uh, you know, maybe put guys like Khalil Mack and, and uh, uh, you know, guys like that on a, on a pitch count uh, on defense. And, and, and this is not an effort to try to preserve a draft pick or get the best pick possible, especially since we don't have uh, a first-round pick. The Raiders are doing that for us by losing games uh, to the Jaguars uh, and such. So they're sweetening that, that second-round pick that we have, uh, making that one look pretty good uh, right now. But... Um, you know, this is more about, like I said, focusing on the future, seeing what we have in some of these young guys and evaluating for 2020 because the Bears have some decisions uh, to make. You know, do we hang on to Charles Leno? He's been terrible uh, this year. Is uh, is the cap hit that Bobby Massey would have uh, in his new contract? Is it worth letting him go as well? Could we maybe talk to somebody and taking him in a trade and, and using those second-round picks to beef up the offensive line? Or is there somebody in free agency that we would want to replace them with? Uh, things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe Corey Levin is, a, is somebody we want to look at. Maybe Alex Bars uh, put him in at uh, uh, right tackle. Of course, Cornelius Lucas was also not very good uh, today. It's like, you know, I was done, my buddy was over here watching the game with me today. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man, I just got done praising these guys, singing their praises after the way that they played against the Cowboys. And this is how they repay me? Good God, you know, they're literally chasing the guys they should be blocking as they run towards Mitch or as they sack Montgomery or Tariq uh, in the backfield. You know, they spent more time looking at the backs of the guys they're supposed to be blocking than they did their friggin' faces uh, today. So why not give Corey Levin a shot? Why not give Alex Bars a shot and see how it works out? See how they handle going up against the Chiefs and the, uh, and the Vikings uh, this year you know in the in these last two uh games what do we have to lose because at this point nothing we literally have nothing to lose uh at this point our season is officially over we're only getting to play 16 games there will be no january football uh for the bears uh this season so that's all done now so i want to see the bears win the last two games and finish nine and seven i think that would be a fantastic way for us to finish to start three and five and finish six and two to go nine and seven i think that would be fantastic uh for the bears especially to beat two playoff bound teams like kansas city and minnesota to polish it off i don't give a damn about draft picks or or you know or you know where we are in the draft order and all that kind of stuff i want to see the bears win okay we can worry about where we are in the draft in april when it actually matters right now it doesn't okay we're not we're not looking for the number one pick or a high uh, draft choice to get our hands on a, a can't miss you know once in a lifetime prospect and we've seen firsthand sometimes those guys don't work out so I don't want to hear it I want to see the Bears win you know the whole Herm Edwards thing uh, you play to win the game and that's what I want to see the Bears do these next two weeks I, I kind of want my cake and eat it too if you will it's like maybe my ideas about playing the younger guys leaves us open to losing those football games but I want us to try to win the games while seeing what we have in some of these 
uh, younger guys because clearly playing the guys that we have or that we have been playing hasn't worked 100% the way that we wanted to. So why not see what Alex Bars can do against a, uh, you know, a premier pass rush and, and uh, you know, or a defensive player and, and whatnot. So give that a shot. See what Jesper Horstead does when he's actually part of the game plan instead of, you know, a uh, afterthought and, and things like that. So anyway, those are just my thoughts uh, as we uh, wrap up this uh, game uh, this week with the uh, Packers. Let's go to bear up and bear down. Um, let's start with the bear down so we can, well, yeah, the hell with it. We'll start with the bear downs so we can end on a high note uh, with the bear ups. Uh, bear down to the offensive line. They were, like I said, a week ago, I was singing their praises, how they played against the Cowboys and, and handled one of the better pass rushes uh, uh, in the game. They kept Mitch clean. Mitch played his best game uh, of the season. David Montgomery had holes to run through, so on and so forth. And then they come out and lay an absolute egg uh, against, the, uh, against the Packers. Uh, and all I heard all week long was that the team that we played week one is not the team that's been the last 12, 13 weeks uh, of the season as far as like this team does not defend the run as well as they did uh, against us week one. And here we are making them look like that team all over again. You know, uh, just it was terrible. We were awful trying to block, you know, Kenny Clark looked like goddamn Superman uh, out there today. The interior line was terrible. Uh, Daniels and, uh, you know, Coward were terrible trying to block Kenny Clark today. Like I said, they spent more time chasing after him than they did actually blocking him. So bear down 100% to the offensive line. Cornelius Lucas, Charles Leno, you know, like I was telling my buddy while he was here, I am so sick of watching Charles Leno get folded backwards, uh, you know, while somebody falls on the back of his legs and the defensive lineman shoving him down. We've seen that too many times uh, this year. It's been terrible absolutely terrible so the offensive line a big reason why uh we lost this game on sunday and bear down to the defense in general my god man of all the games of all the games i was expecting next week to basically be somewhat of a of a nightmare with mahomes and his playmaking ability they're pretty much 100 percent on that offense with all the playmakers that they have it would either be a sink or swim kind of game for the Bears. I mean, it still could very well be. Uh, but, uh, you know, with Mahomes coming in there and slinging it around to that healthy offense that they have and all their playmakers uh, and everything, we still have a good defense. So it's a it's a strength against strength matchup, but would they be too much for us? And then we come out here and, and let Rodgers and company do their thing all over us. And, and it's just so disappointing to watch that – the Bears and the Packers both scored three times on Sunday. The difference in the final score being the Packers scored touchdowns on all three of their scoring drives. The Bears settled for field goals on two of theirs. That was their, There's your difference in the ballgame right there. Because if you look at the stats, it'll make you sick. Okay, We won time of possession by a lot. We had more plays. We had more passing yards. We had... Almost as much, almost as many rushing yards, believe it or not. We dominated here, dominated there. We lost in two places. They had three sacks to our one, and we had three turnovers to their zero. So, you know, there it is. That was the difference in the game was the Bears made more mistakes than the Packers did. And the defense um, picked a hell of a game to have one of their worst 
tackling displays I've seen from this team probably since that Miami game uh, last year when the heat and the humidity just weakened them to a, you know, a pile of sludge trying to, to block and tackle uh, the Dolphins uh, in that game. Terrible, terrible. You know, I'm so sick of watching our DBs thinking that throwing a shoulder into somebody is going to be good enough for the tackle and then watching that guy bounce off of him and get an extra 10 yards uh, and things like that. Just a really bad display uh, by our defense and a pick the hell of a time to do that. And then finally, it's just one play, but it's as big a play as there was in the game. Bear down to Jesper Horstead. Held on to the ball way too long, bro. Way too long. Uh, you know, a step or two sooner you pitch that off to Allen Robinson, he's got Anthony Miller in front of him. He's got a natural blocker in front of him. He waltzes in for the touchdown, and it's a miracle. And now we got to worry about getting two to send this thing into overtime. But instead, he waits until he's about a quarter of an inch from the ground before he pitches it. It turns into an ugly fumble. Uh, and that's where the third turnover uh, came uh, in the ball game. That was ca- that was called a turnover because it was obviously, but just um, you know. And I know it's the heat of the moment. That play is nothing but absolute chaos. I absolutely understand. Everything's going a thousand miles an hour. You're probably hearing your name being called by your teammates all over the place. But who cares, man? Allen Robinson was right there. He had Anthony Miller in front of him. Don't wait until it's too late to get rid of the ball. It's exactly what he did. He waited too long, didn't get it to Robinson in time. The ball game ends, and so does our season. It's done. So bear down to Jesper Horstead. It's only one play, but it was huge. All right, bear ups. Got to give it to Mitch. 338 yards passing uh, in the ball game. He was actually way better than he was bad. His his good play outplay outweighed uh the mistakes that he made like i said that that interception he threw the defensive lineman more times than not that ball gets batted down or you know batted up into the air and then falls innocently to the ground uh or whatever but today not being our day and all those other things i listed before it sticks to him and he's able to bobble it and catch it you know of course when it's just centimeters off the ground he finally gets his hands on it but otherwise I thought Mitch looked pretty good uh, today. He has played well uh, for the majority of the second half of the ball game. Still has his pitfalls, but for the most part, we didn't lose this game because of Mitch. We lost the game because the, the defense. I think the defense let us down uh, in this one. Bear up Anthony Miller. Bear up Anthony uh, Anthony Miller. Uh, bear up Allen Robinson. Their number one and our number two receiver. Just been really good the second half of this year watching Anthony Miller um, shine and grow into the the player that he's been the last five uh five six games priority for the offseason has to be extending Allen robinson he's still got a year left on his contract and i don't want him to have to play on that final season i want the bears to wrap him up and put a nice little bow on him for the next four or five years whatever it's going to take to keep robinson in a bear uniform for a long time he also happened to break a thousand yards receiving uh in this game uh, as well so bear up to Miller and Robinson that's the future of our wide receiving core uh, right there bear up Cordell Patterson I know the best play that he made today was was falsely called a penalty but that's all that guy does man is make plays you know nothing really went Cordero's Cordero's way today 
Uh, you know, he got called for that bad kick catch interference. That was a bogus call. And also the referee calling him out of bounds and the Bears didn't challenge it and all that kind of stuff. But all the guy does is make plays for us. So I got nothing but love for Cordero Patterson. And I only got two people on the defensive side I do want to praise. One being Nick Witkowski. It actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. He did not come up with that interception uh, against uh, Rodgers because, like I said, I don't know that he would have been able to make it back to the original line of scrimmage, and uh, instead the Bears were able to stop the Packers on fourth down and have really good field position uh, for that ensuing drive. And then the other Bear up uh, goes to Akeem Hicks, who was an absolute warrior today, man. Absolutely. Left the game a couple of times with that arm just dangling. You know, he, he'd obviously done something to it or was in some kind of pain uh, with it. But both times he left the game, he came back. He came back and he finished that game. And God bless Akeem Hicks uh, for playing the way that he did today. Now go away for the rest of the season and get healed up so we can kick ass in 2020. So, you know, I don't know if it, w- if it made it as part of the interview or if it was just something that Evan and I talked about before we started recording. But... I said maybe the Bears will uh, follow the pattern of the Green Bay Packers where it's like last year was the 100th season of Green Bay Packer football. They went 6-9-1 and, and, you know, they stunk up the field, didn't make the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. But 2019 is actually the 100th anniversary of, you know, so maybe next year is the year that we'll commemorate and win 12 games and go back to the playoffs and win the division uh, and things like that. So maybe that's what's going to happen uh, for the Bears is that 2020 was meant to be the special year, not 2019. So knock on wood that that's how it goes, and then we'll be able to uh, you know, come back in 2020 healthy and roaring to go, and we've uh, patched up the things that needed fixing, and uh, you know, we've grown. Like Matt Nagy's been talking all season or all the second half of the season. is like there's a silver lining. I don't know what it is. Maybe that silver lining will appear in 2020 when it would be like we faced all that adversary in or adverse adverse adversity. Good God! Uh, in 2019, we survived. Here we are in 2020. We've learned and grown from it, and we're a better football team for it. And maybe that will be the silver lining. So, knock on wood that that's true. So, anyway, guys, that is going to do it for the Week 15 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Friday. And frankly, I have no idea if I'm even going to have a guest or at least I don't know if I'm going to have a Chiefs uh, guest right now. My The guy that I had over the summer, Greg Florkowski, is not available this week. Um, I, I asked uh, Lauren Cox to get me in touch with the Locked On Chiefs guys. Uh, there's two of them. One has already said he's not available, still waiting to hear from the second. So right now I might not have a Chiefs guy on the show, but if I don't, Lauren Cox has already agreed to step in for them, so maybe Lauren will be my guest on the show, and we'll talk Bears, Chiefs, and and see how that goes. So anyway, either way, there will be a preview episode released on Friday, whether it's me and a Chiefs guest or me and Lauren Cox uh, waxing poetic on what we'd like to see and, uh, you know, will the Bears be able to pull this one out. And one last thing, it's officially going to stay uh, on Sunday Night Football. There was talk that the... NFL was going to use that six-day flex rule to move the Bears to an afternoon game and, and put another game in Sunday night. Uh, turns out it was supposed to be like the, uh, I think, whoever the Titans are playing next week 
was going to be the game, but the Titans lost this week, so I guess the, they still feel good about the Bears against the Chiefs, the home Mahomes versus Trubisky thing, and uh, teacher versus mentor, uh, you know, m- mentor versus mentee with uh, Nagy and Reed and whatnot make for a better story than the uh, fleeting playoff hopes of the Tennessee Titans. So, anyway, stay tuned. We'll find out who we're going to have on the show. Might be myself and Laura Cox. Maybe I'll full, uh, find a last-minute replacement for my Chiefs guest. Uh, we'll all find out together. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk on the Go. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.